morning show after show where we connect the dots the morning after. Yes, and we are so excited to be discussing today episode three titled Laura. And of course, we will not be spoiling anything for future episodes because we are watching it along with you guys at home. And if you don't know who I am, my name is Kara Lynn and I'm a member of the Hollywood Critics Association and I'm joined by my friends and fellow members. On to this side we have... Kevin Taft. Kevin, tell me a little bit of something that you were really excited about this episode. Um, you know what? I'm excited about the development that we won't talk about yet. <laughs> because you all know what I'm talking about. I know. I know what you're talking about. And we have Morgan Rojas. Morgan, what were you excited about during this episode? Yeah, so I think kind of the same. There's something that <laughs> I, I literally paused the episode and went, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're gonna have to share that. Yeah, you're I gonna will. have to share that. <laughs> so, Morgan, I heard that the comment section was on fire again. Oh, of course. I mean, our our audience members are amazing, so keep them coming. Um, but the first comment we have, it says, "Great panel." Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love seeing the diversity and Kira Lynn moderating for the show. Congrats to all. Oh, again, you guys. You guys are so kind. You're a little star. Oh no. <laughs> we share we share the desk, you guys. No, it's so great. Um, second comment says, this was a great panel and discussion. Aww. Well, we try. Thank you. And you know, I think what really helps is that we are very passionate about the show. I think all of us really enjoy, we enjoy watching it and we really enjoy discussing it. And I think that translates. Yeah, and working together. I mean, yeah. I like you guys. I like you guys. <laughs> we really are We're friends, okay. guys. You know. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> I love you. Yes, and last but not least, I think you can all agree with this commenter who says, please, please, please get Jennifer on the show. Ms. Aniston? Yes. You have been called. So here's your reminder that if you're hanging out in the comments section, please don't forget to subscribe, like, and turn on that notification bell, ding, so you don't miss out on any of the amazing Hollywood Critics Association content. And this is the part where we talk about our favorite moments. I'm so excited. Kev, you start off. Okay, so I know there's some big moments in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go with a little something a little different first. Okay. Because I know we're gonna have a long discussion about some stuff. Alright, we're ready. So Yanko got it right this week. Okay? <laughs> Not Yanko, it's Yanko. So Yanko um makes the comment on air about his spirit animal. And I was like, I don't think he's supposed to say that. And then when Ty, I think, mm -hmm. is the one, the the young millennial guy, the or maybe the zoomer. He said, yeah, you're not really supposed to say spirit animal. And I was like, yeah, he's going to get in trouble for that. And he kind of had this weird reaction to it. But if you mix that with the Trump comment from the week before, I feel like, and you have mentioned it too, you said, yeah. I think he's going to be the one that's going to be the anti-vaxxer, potentially. And I feel like his character is really going to evolve into something that we didn't expect. I think with Claire out of the way, I think we're really going to see a different Yanko this oh, season. Oh, don't tell me that. And I, I love him, so I don't want him to be that way, but I mean, that's my personal politics, but um, we'll see. But I thought it was actually a very interesting development. Mm. I was kind of excited about seeing this kind of played out, this cultural appropriation versus, you know, is it cultural reverence? You know, who knows? Yeah, or is it an ignorance? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. What is one of your favorite moments, Morgan? Okay, I have a couple, but I will start with the interview with Laura and Alex. Okay. Mm. The the one question, the hot button issue, which was, what was the nature of your relationship with Mitch? And I have to agree with Alex. Just the way that that was framed, it implied that there was something deeper, something she was hiding. 
and there was. I mean, yep. Alex, of course, didn't say, but there was something there that she doesn't feel obviously comfortable sharing. But Laura knew. I mean, she just kind of will find the weakness in Alex. Maybe they're still competitors on a certain level. Mm. But that moment was so interesting um, because Alex clearly isn't ready to talk about Mitch. Doesn't want to write it in her book. Right. Doesn't, shuts down that question. After a pause, after she kind of had to think about it and get a little bit emotional and say, oh, we don't talk. But that moment really was interesting because it just shows that, yeah, Laura's kind of out to get Alex. Alex isn't going to be forthcoming with information. Mm -hmm. And who do you trust? And two things, too, is like one is... Why is Laura so hell-bent on getting the information? Is it just because she's like that reporter that wants to get the scoop? Or is there some backstory between the two of them? Because it seems like there is. Is she totally. Barbara Walters or mm. is she Oprah? Right. Mm -hmm. And I loved that Chip cut edited. Yeah. and yeah. edited it for her. Yeah. Which, you know, I think last last week we talked about like, oh, is he going to maybe take revenge or not? Maybe I said that. Um but I feel like, no, he's protecting her, which might lead into your prediction, which is, is he really in love with her? Right. right. And I thought it was so sweet because, like, she looked at it and watched the edit and was like, oh, there was this relief right. from her. But to go back to, the, you know, the Laura and um, Alex thing, it's kind of like, we know there's history, but we don't exactly know what that history is. Mm -hmm. Now, were they competitors at one point? You know, why does Alex not trust Laura? Yeah, right. I want to know what that. And she's pushing is. that on Bradley too. Yeah, like yeah. don't trust her, and she's not wrong either. You know, because as soon as she sent that text and was like, "Has she asked you anything invasive?" and literally a second later she asked something invasive. Yeah, it's like, well, Alex is not wrong. Right. What is the nature of your relationship with Mitch Kessler? Like, yeah, that was just. I, I, it was like. I could feel that in my heart because I could feel Alex's panic. Yeah. And yep. you could see it on her face. Yep. And, and the fact that she worked for the same network. Like, why would right. you throw someone else of your own under the bus? But right. you know what? That, that is the nature of this network. I mean, they had Ashley Brown back. Yeah. You true. know, true. and they yeah. were so quick to, to have Ashley Brown and have Bradley interview her. They were willing to, you know, interview Hannah. Of course, right. her identity was not supposed to be disclosed, but you know this is that sort of nature of of the network. So every man for himself. Yeah. Well, kind of, kind the of sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, one of my favorite moments from the show is that lunch with Alex and Bradley. It's mm -hmm. kind of to what we were talking about and how you know it's it's kind of a, a little bit of this balance where they are both you know apologizing and accepting but then it also kind of turns with uh, Alex trying to forewarn uh, Bradley in regards to Laura then Bradley basically saying you know I'm an adult I can handle myself right. I don't I don't need you to tell me you know how to what how to handle myself and then Alex is like oh yeah she yes. says what version of the truth do you want to tell right and Bradley's like, did you just hear what you said? And she's like, yeah, but then she starts laying it out. Do you, how do you want to tell the world, right. you know, right. how you got this job? How do you want to tell the world, you know, mm -hmm. that you interviewed Hannah the, the day that she died? And then you can slowly see mm -hmm. how, you know, the information is seeping into to Bradley's brain. Right. And she's going, oh. It's a new oh, world for her. Yeah. You know, she's never experienced this before. 
she was like, you know, in the Midwest doing whatever she was doing. It was pretty straightforward stuff. And now she's all political and scary. But it also reminds me of, you know, I think it's in episode one where uh, Corey is like, Bradley needs a seasoned anchor to guide Bradley through, you know, like Alex. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's what Alex is kind of doing in you know, during this lunch. She's guiding her mm -hmm. to, you know, make certain decisions in regards to Laura. Yeah. So I, I find that a little fitting. Yeah. Do you have yeah. another favorite moment? I do, which is probably going to bring up a lot of other stuff. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Give it to me. So, okay. So, and I have to really look at my notes because I have a lot of questions and things here. So, Alex and Bradley. Mm -hmm. So, Alex is terrified of what Laura's going to ask Bradley, with good reason, as we just discussed. But it's interesting that Bradley is genuinely getting along with Laura. And, like, they do have a camaraderie, and she's probably like, she's not so bad. And then, and part of me was like, is she just, you know, pulling her into her little web? Or is it just, you know, we get along with this girl. Like, we got something in common. And then we see, and I I swear to you, there was a moment I'm like, oh, no. Are they going to go there? And then I was like, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, they did it. And I was like, and I literally gasped, like, threw my hands over my mouth. Yes. Um, but what's interesting is that... You know, right before it happened, before the kiss, obviously, we're going to talk about the kiss. She gets the text from Alex saying, did she ask an invasive question? Five seconds later, she asks the invasive question. And she just sits there, and then she kisses her, and I'm like, I felt there was a connection first. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's partly valid and legitimate, and like, there's something between them. Because we've never heard Bradley talk about it, other than the... The, the abortion. She's never talked about a man or a woman, so we don't know where she lands or right. if she lands in the middle or whatever. So that's cool. But was it just to distract her? Is she going to continue this? And if she continues this, is that morally or ethically a good thing to do? She yes. works at your network. She's higher up than you. But you're going to use your sexuality to... Hide things. But this is right. Bradley, you know, she's she's a loose cannon. Like this is I gasped because I that was not ex expecting that. Maybe my you know my radar is off, but I literally did it. my gators, I was like, oh, oh my god, and, you know. <laughs> but when you when you pointed that out, like is it a was it a distraction to not have to answer that question? You know? I I think it's both. Yeah. Because I feel like she is kind of interested in her. Which I think will be an interesting dynamic to play out because she's like, I like her, but she's going to screw over my friends. Right. But I liked how she was, she was clearly protecting Alex. Mm. And I think that's nice because I think she realizes, oh, this is what, Al what Alex has been talking about the whole time. Right. And now I really need to protect her. And I think Bradley likes the attention. Like, I think she liked having mm. Laura yeah. be so kind of in awe of her and say, you are so great. Um, and maybe that she, that's how she could express it at the time. I do also agree with you, Kevin, that I think she was trying to distract from answering the question, kind of like how Alex, I think, didn't want to write the Mitch chapter, so she's like, okay, let me just do something else for now, and I'll, right. I'll disregard this for now. Of course, it's going to come back full circle, and I'm sure she's going to have to answer that question or some sort of it at some point. Yes, yeah. but you know what? Both Bradley and... 
and Alex are professionals, right? They're, they're in this job not only to host a show, but also to be really good interviewers. And part of that, and you know, me being an interviewer, part of our job is to be as prepared as possible. Now, it kind of, it's kind of like, well, if Alex is predicting that Laura is going to also ask Bradley all of these, you know, toting the line sort of questions, mm -hmm. why wouldn't Bradley prepare herself? Even more so, why wouldn't Alex prepare herself because to be able to ask? Because she let her guard down. Right. Because this woman was giving her attention, giving her, making her feel like she is doing the great job. I feel like she just suddenly was like, Oof. But it was, is it really that easy for, for Bradley to let her guard down after seeing like this tough as nails, you know, takes no prisoners sort of personality and then, you know, a couple of flattering comments and a coffee and a walk but all of a sudden. We as an audience saw that. Mm. She only met her for the first time on the plane. And she's in her jeans. She's in her little cute top. And she's like, hey. And they're all on the plane with their champagne and stuff. Yeah, and her self-esteem isn't the highest. Mm. I mean, right. Corey kind of screwed her over. She's, yeah, feeling like the covering she's the caucus in, is in a, weak a good moment. spot. But yeah, she's yeah. definitely in a weak moment, I think, for sure. Right. Mm. Well, do you have Let's another see. favorite moment? I do. And this moment is actually, it, it kind of brings to my mind a bigger picture question. And that is the idea of success. Um, Corey mentions at one point that ratings mm. are success. Like, that's why he's bringing Alex back. That's why he's trying to just build this show to be the highest rated, most well-received show that there is on network television. But Alex mentions that success to her is happiness. And I wonder if like down the line, is that gonna interfere with their work ethic with Corey being so just determined to get ratings any way possible. Right. Alex, maybe she's been there, done that. She's kind of now this veteran news anchor she just wants to yeah her return is to be happy in her career and yeah we'll see like what success means to both of them and if that differs at some point i i'm still waiting to see and i said this a couple episodes ago i'm still waiting to see that alex that i know and love you know that that woman i i still am not entirely convinced that she's turned over a new leaf so like in that right. moment you yeah. know she's she's telling you know she wants to find her zen she seems like she's really going down this path but you know is eight months really enough time to do all of that work when it's right. so deeply embedded yeah in true. the same vein with chip you yeah. know is yep. he had been at the previous network and now he's back is you know are is if the shoe fits is he gonna put the old shoe back on, is right. he going to turn back into that sort of frenetic sort of, you know, producer? Because Alex right. keeps on slipping back into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew she was like, she's nervous about Laura, but she got back into her diva attitude a little bit during when she was like getting ready to do the interview. So with part of me was like, well, she's nervous about Laura. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she started being kind of that, she even did it with Eric. Yes. Like she went into mm -hmm. Eric's oh. thing and she's like, Happy you met me, <laughs> or whatever she She was said. so mean for, why? That's actually right. a question I had. Why was she so mean to him? Yeah. He just asked a question like, oh, how can I be friends with Bradley? And he's like, I don't know, you should know. Because you know what? She probably felt like I couldn't do it. So oh. I don't know how. And also she's literally yeah. walking into 
her old office than somebody else's. Yeah, and she's having up anger. She's also kind of having a panic attack and kind of feeling like he's made he hit uh, in in episode two. He made her sit down, and she was like an animal backed into a corner. Right, and Mm -hmm. also sit down in my seat, but it's kind of your old seat, which is just awkward and weird. So you know, there, there's my, there's my Alex. (laughs) I know. I, I, people are going to be rooting that, you know, oh, you know, we love this new Alex. But I'm like, I kind of like the old Alex. Even though, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I really love seeing Jennifer Aniston play this part. You know, it, it, yeah. it's a fine line of her being really likable and rooting. And it, it, actually, all of these characters, you know, they, they all yeah. have these really hu- human flaws. And especially with her, it's like, I find myself really like loving her and rooting for her and then she does something really like nasty and then it brings me back to reality and so i'm kind of still waiting for that her to do something really nasty where you're like ah oh you couldn't you couldn't always be oh oh, oh so perfect right during yeah. the season that's probably in episode four <laughs> <laughs> we will find out you have one more i will say that this is more of a comment it wasn't even it wasn't a favorite moment because i felt like when they were doing the uh when eric and Bradley were, you know, on air and um, they were talking to um, Daniel, right? And he's talking about COVID and he's like talking about social distancing. The reaction I thought was a little over the top and it was like social distancing. (laughs) My family's been doing that for years. Right. And I just felt like it was like, "Mm, it's a little on the nose. I'm sure that was sometimes the reaction for some news networks, but I felt like this network probably wouldn't have had such an over-the-top reaction. Mm-hmm. But I see what they're trying to set up, but I just, it struck a little false. To yeah. Me. Well, it's funny because, you know, talking about COVID and the way that they're kind of so just nonchalant about it, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about Mia and how she has that phone conversation with Daniel. And he's just mm-hmm. kind of like, he's, he's pressing the COVID issue and she's not hearing him. Yeah. And yeah. she's accusing him of, you know, him wanting her to, handhold him and she you know says some choice words and tells him to man up and he hangs up on oh, her oh i was so mad at that mm. right Mm-mm. and it's funny because as i said last time you know daniel is the calm quiet collected one the serious one but he is the really the one that is paying attention to the covid factor yeah. and i'm wondering you know with mia just and this is, she's done it several times in pushing you know the covid stories away yep. if it's gonna bite her in the butt you know, is she, in the end, whether yeah. it's work-related or if she catches COVID herself. Right. But you also uh, had mentioned something, you know, off-camera in regards to Daniel that I, I really loved. What did I say? Oh, when you, you were like, <laughs> <laughs> he's oh. unfulfilled at work. Yeah. And, you know, there, he's, he's got, you know, this, he's they upset about this. They to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't make him anchor. They throw him over to Wuhan. They keep on not doing his stories. They like, cut him off. Yeah, yeah, they, did you yeah. See that? yeah, yeah, and I feel like, and that actually, thank you for bringing that up again. That whole man up thing mm-hmm. for for I mean, again, I'm speaking as a white man, but I'm you know, a gay white man. For I feel like for a gay person of color, for them to be able to make man up, that's even a more of a like, what do you, what are you saying to me right now? So I feel like that's gonna come and go. It's gonna it's gonna backfire on Mia, but I feel like this is going to rile him up mm-hmm. to the point of when we get to the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like that's going to come into play too. Is this almost a prediction? It is a prediction. I know I jumped the gun. It's okay. (laughs) But it's so good though. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be the, 
I think that his story is going to end up being a part of the Black Lives Movement. Right. Um, and and, and it, it'll be interesting to see how Mia fits into it too, because she's the problem. That, but at the same yes. time, she should be, you know, supportive of him. Right, uplifting And she's him. just dismissing she's him. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, in, 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 I didn't think about that. <laughs> but in a way, processing. But in a way, it's wow. almost like she's, she's worse than Alex, you know? She yeah. should definitely, you would feel that she would want to help him. She would want to uplift him. And mm -hmm. she would want to... You know, I say it yeah. all the time. It's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm Asian. Let's help the Asians. You know, right? it's like you would hope that Mia would want to do the same. But every time she's just dismissing. Yep. She's just dismissing. Everybody him. dismisses him. Oh. Except for Mindy Kaling. Right. Who was like, I want to hire you. And he's like, mm. we're too fun at this show. We need someone serious. Right. Also not a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are at that point of the show where our lovely Kevin gets to talk about fan mail. We do. And I'm going to bring up some fan mail now. Don't forget if you want to send us a question or have a question for a possible guest, um, you know, send over those to our fan mail uh, to shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. Your question could be featured here and be answered by one of your favorite actors from the show. You never know. So here's our fan mail question. I have it around on my trusty phone. Uh, Brittany from Chicago, Illinois says, I've been loving the show so far. On this episode, Daniel is now in Wuhan covering the coronavirus and it really got to me thinking about whether they will kill off a character this season. Did I not mention that last yes, episode? Yes, you did. Do you think Daniel's going to die or do you think he's going to bring the virus back and give it to someone in the office? Loving the discussion. Oh. What do you think? You know, knowing what we know now, I love the fact that we, as the audience member, you know, it's kind of like we've got this crystal ball because we kind of, we know what's going to be happening in the world, you know, may, in just a few weeks from, you know, Daniel being quarantined in this hotel room. I don't want to see anybody die. I'm that person that's like, I love all of these characters. I'm so invested. Don't break my heart. But that is real, a real possibility. You know, Here's, you remember last week when I said, what's going on with this Thai character? <laughs> what if they just kill him off? I mean, he's expendable because we're like, who is he? We don't he's know. A, he's just a Zoomer, right? Right. <laughs> we don't like him anyway. Wait. Oh, sorry. No, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. No, but I, I actually, I really like him and I wonder what he's going to do. He's but got good shoes. He does have good shoes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think they would kill, I guess I feel like Daniel's, better utilized somewhere else than a death storyline for yeah. sure and again that would also be like the 2000s where like every horror movie like the black person dies first right so <laughs> I, I hope they don't do that but i do feel like somebody's at least going to get sick and probably deathly sick yeah. at least to kind of you know well we don't know much about ty at this moment right. so if there is an expendable character He's like the red shirt in the Star Trek show. Yeah, he is also the younger one out of all of them. And statistically, of course, younger kids do, True. you know, have caught in it and have died from it. But I'm one part of me now that you say Mia, I don't know. See, I my brain about is now like, is it her? Is it Fred? Oh, Frank Fred? <laughs> Karen Pittman did say there was a twist, so maybe that is the twist. Could be. All the speculation. Oh, yeah. I know. I just want to see them all right now. Uh, I know, right? Well, thank you so much for that 
for that email. I Thank keep you. keep them coming, guys. Yeah. So this brings us to the point in our show where I think Morgan, you spoke to somebody special today. I did, and I am so excited for you guys to check it out. Let's roll it. Thank you so much for being on the morning show after show. I am so excited to talk to talk to you, especially after episode three. Um, that blew my mind. I have so many questions. Um, oh, good. First, I want to just say it was so amazing to see you on the screen and in this season of the morning show. Um, did you watch the first season at all? Or, or how were, when you were approached to join season two, what was your immediate um, reaction to that? So um, I had, I was already a fan of the show. Um, and, uh, you know, we were in the middle of a lockdown. <laughs> And I had been living in, um, you know, in upstate New York with my family for eight months, not sort of thinking I would ever work again, because I think that's how we all sort of felt, um, us actors. And then, you know, I get this phone call saying they want you on the morning show. And I was like, when the pandemic is over, how does that work? You know, are we, are we now? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're going to get on a plane and you're going to go to LA. Um, and I said, yes, before I even saw the part you know they said we'll send you the role and tell us what you think and I was like oh my god um just because I was such a huge fan and then and then um I got out there and um you know even though it was different circumstances to work in a pandemic there was definitely it wasn't the same kind of uh experience I was used to on a set because we were all in masks and shields and away from each other in between takes but um I was over the moon about it. It felt great to work. It felt amazing to work with such great people. And this role for me, it was a dream job. You know, I, I really uh, felt like I lucked out. Yeah, well, one thing that was actually really interesting that I had no idea was my co-host Kira, she interviewed Mark Duplass and he was saying that the entire script was rewritten because of COVID and because of the cultural um, situations that were popping up and it was changing the narrative of the story. So did that affect your, your character and your lines throughout the season? Well, you know, that's a, that's a really good question because, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if my character existed in the first go around because they shut down production. I think it was in the beginning, the begin the second episode of the first go round when and when the pandemic happened they had to throw out all those scripts and start again so i don't know if my character came in um with the new batch or if she was already thought about before the pandemic so i'm not sure um i definitely i think they were already shooting and i hadn't been asked to join the show yet so maybe it was this the new scripts that came um is my guess i don't know uh laura has an interview scene with alex in one of the most pivotal moments of the episode. And do you think her and Laura's intentions when interviewing Alex at that time were journalistically to get the best story or was it to kind of twist a knife, if you will, a bit into, into Alex and to get more of a reaction from her? You know, that's a great question. And I actually think that um, first and foremost, Laura is a journalist and she's very good at her job, but in order to do that, you also need viewership. And I think the reason that UBA, she's their star and is used to, to uh, interview all the, the big stars, including presidents and you know anyone of importance is because she manages to ask questions 
that get to the heart of the actual um, interviewee. Um, I think that uh, she was both trying to get a reaction from, uh, from Alex, but also um, wanting to get to the nitty gritty of really what was going on in the Me Too, with, with this Me Too movement now opening things up, really what was the feeling there on the set? Um, because she, you know, Laura is sort of that person who, who got thrown under the bus because of her sexuality and because of being um, outed against, it, it wasn't her choice and then got fired for it. So for her, now she has nothing to lose. Everyone knows who she is. She has no, no hidden agenda. But with Alex and her history with Alex, I would say that it was probably a little bit joyful for Laura to be able to just dig in a little bit. So what kind of reaction from the audience are you hoping that Laura gets throughout the rest of the season? Like she comes off very strong and very confident and very much a badass in this episode. Do you, can you give the audience a little bit of a, a hint to whether or not we can kind of crack through that, that outer exterior as the episodes go on? So I, you know, my, my, the way I think, the way they wrote the part and the way I see Laura is that Laura walks into this sandstorm of crazy, right? Everyone's hiding something. Everyone has a skeleton in their closet, including, you know, Bradley who has this past and this family life that she doesn't want people knowing about. Alex who has her skeletons in her closet with what's going on with Mitch and how she, you know, dealt with all of that. Um, Corey, like every single person seems to have an agenda. But Laura doesn't because Laura's done the work. Laura presents as is. She is confident. She has no skeletons in her closet. She's not hiding anything from anyone. So I sort of view her as um, a lens for the audience to see all this crazy going on while she's standing quite still. And the way I see Bradley's character, um, in relation to Laura's character is that Bradley, you know, for a year, she was thrown into the hot seat uh, and her mentor was someone who threw her in for her own purposes, not for Bradley's purposes. And I think for Bradley, it's such a relief to hear from someone she admires and has admired her whole life who could have actually been one of the reasons she wanted to be a journalist to begin with. She sees Laura's absolute honesty and also admiration for her and realizes, wait, I want to, I want to cling to that boat. That's so much more um, helpful in my life than the, the Alex boat and, and all that's going on there. So I sort of see Laura as this calm in the storm, um, but also like this voice of reason and reality. It's like, wait, who are you? And she, she has these great scenes with Bradley where she doesn't, fuck around you know she's like no that's not right you know what are you doing honey <laughs> uh yeah. believe me you that is not what you want to do and it's all for bradley's um honestly that to, to help bradley climb up into the place she ultimately wants to be in in, in journalism and and on uh broadcast news but um i think for bradley she's always feeling like Alex is can't be trusted. 
because she doesn't know what her ulterior motives are. Whereas Laura doesn't have any, she has nothing to lose. So I, you know, I, I hope that people sort of can see what's going on on the morning show through Laura's eyes. Um, and she's sort of the lens of this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To put it lightly. <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which was really fun to play. You know, I always feel like when people are doing a lot, it's very distracting. And it's the one thing when you're standing still that, that will draw people in. So I'm hoping that they get drawn into Laura and then get to see what she's seeing. Yeah. I, I never thought about that, but I love that analogy. And it's, it's also kind of like the person who talks really quiet and then you have to stop talking and you lean in closer to hear them. Exactly. That's exactly. Laura. well said. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So is that why you think Bradley and Laura had such a quick connection because there is no competition there as there is between like an Alex and a Bradley? 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, Laura's untouchable career-wise and what are they going to do out her again? You know what I mean? Like she's already out uh, as a, as a lesbian. And so she, it's, it's not that she's untouchable and that she doesn't have feelings, but she knows who she is in her career and she knows who she is in her personal life. So she has no one to impress. She has, she has no one to win over. She's at the top of her game. She's got a one hour show, you know, in that very first scene that you meet her in um, with Corey, where he's begging her to come back to her own one hour show at night that she's sort of like, she's the mom of now. She started it, it became a huge success and now she can go off and do what she wants to do in journalism. And she visits when she feels like it because it's already, she, she got the ball rolling and he says, come back, come back. She's like, maybe I will. So she's sort of the network's golden ticket. And when you're in that position, you, you don't want anything from anyone. Whereas I think, you know, and, and, and I don't think Bradley, Bradley knows there is no competition with Laura, you know, they're, they're, they're at very different stages in their career. So um, I don't think Bradley feels threatened at all by Laura and I think she absolutely feels threatened by Alex and yes. vice versa. And I think Alex definitely feels threatened by Laura. Yeah, 101%. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, I, I, I just think it's really remarkable that you, you know, you have these two incredibly huge stars of this show, right? You've got Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon um, playing these two, you know, unbelievably interesting characters and in the second season instead of bringing in a man to upset that balance they brought in a woman mm -hmm. you know and there's something about that that I have so much respect for because ultimately it's what it goes back to right women dress for women they don't really dress for men exactly. right we do our hair and our makeup for women. I mean, my, you know, I mean, of course I always want my husband to think I look great, but I'm really, you know, when I get dressed up at night, it's for the girlfriends I'm about to see. Yeah. And, and so I think there was some, a, a really fabulous, um, just, just a straightforward line of truth to them adding a woman rather than a man to it. And also, you know, it, it, it's what everyone would expect, especially with Mitch gone now, right? Is that they're going to bring in another man to upset that balance because it upset the balance to begin with. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do that. And I love that. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest moment, I think, in that episode is the kiss at the end. 
how how did you approach that with Reese um, and and with Leslie that scene because it's such a shocking like I I kind of I had no idea it was coming but then once it happened looking back I'm like oh okay I can see did it make sense it, it made sense yeah. yeah totally totally um, so yeah how did you guys approach that you know I I have to I have to give all credit to Reese here because she did something that was really remarkable and and because I was a producer on on The Good Wife I I know that the amount of work she's doing um, where she has to make sure everything is okay, you know? Um, and when we were rehearsing, you know, you don't get much time to rehearse a scene on television ever. Um, but when we were rehearsing it, she said, hold on a minute. If I was a man and you, you know, and you're a woman and this scene happened, that would be sexual harassment. Leaning in to kiss someone without their permission. And isn't this whole show based on the Me Too movement? Isn't that what we started with? So what are we doing here? What are we, how are we gonna play this where it doesn't look like I'm, you know, I'm actually taking advantage of a moment, even though she ultimately mm. is, her character ultimately is. And I said, that's such a good point. Just because we're two women doesn't mean it's still not sexual harassment. Right. And so I said, well, if you lean in to kiss me and then you pull back, like, oh, can't believe I did that. And I lean back in to say, no, I liked it. Then it's consensual. Mm -hmm. So that's that, you know, and then if it, it was just brilliant of her to even think of that in the moment when you're trying to remember lines and try and act and all of that to put on the producer hat and say, wait a minute, you know, I, this has to make sense and it has to be non-aggressive. So, um, so that's, and you know, it, working with her is so easy. We never even, it was just, everything was so easy. It was fun. So Jennifer Aniston had said that episode three was her favorite episode of the season, which really is amazing. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, what, do you have a favorite episode from season two or if not episode, favorite moment so far? Um, oh my God, there were so many. There were so many. I mean, I'm, I'm with her in that. I think it's, um, it's a very rich episode in character development in what they're talking about. Um, but there's a great scene that I get to do in episode four that I just, it was just a nice, long, juicy monologue um, that I, I spent weeks preparing so that then I could just throw it away and just have it just flow out mm. um, that I think people are really going to love. I, I mean, all all the episodes there, there's so many great scenes but I would say three and four are my favorite yeah awesome yay cool <laughs> um so what inspires you as we're kind of wrapping up does anything inspire you the most about Laura as a character and something that you would want to take from this whole experience and bring into your own personal life really what I learned the most and what I'm what I'm hoping to bring into my personal life and it's why I love being an actor I always learn from all the characters I play um, a lot, what to do and what not to do, by the way, it goes both ways, sure. um, is that honesty is your best policy. Like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. I I'm not going to change for anyone, you know, this is who I am. So you find your people, you find where you feel good about yourself and you do the work, you know, you do best. And I just love the simplicity of that. There's no frills. There's no bells or whistles to who she is. And I would like to be more like that. 
<laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I am so excited to keep following Laura and see what she's up to in the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thank Have you. Have a great day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. There has been a lot written about the way things were at UVA, including the forthcoming book by Maggie Brenner. She provided me with an excerpt from her book, and it, it provides some fascinating insight into the world of the morning show back then. She tells the story of a show in a network that was rife with sexism and ageism, of Machiavellian scheming, of a lust for ratings that allowed even the worst behavior to be permissible. Does that line up with your experience? To some degree, yes. What was the nature of your relationship with Mitch Kessler? <clears throat> oh. So you guys, let's talk about those predictions. Kev. Oh, me again? Yes! <laughs> I think that the Bradley-Laura thing is going to get called out, especially since they work both at UVA. So I think that's going to be a, a big storyline at this point. And it's going to mimic, it's not going to mimic, obviously, what, what Mitch did, but it's going to bring into question, like, sexual politics at the office. Mm. Yeah. and. Kind of to that point, I feel like uh, the Bradley-Laura incident is going to get back to Alex. And Alex has kind of rebuilt some trust with Bradley, and that's just fully going to knock right. it all down. Because she's going to be like, you're with my enemy. Yeah. I also predict that Mitch and Paola mm. will find a commonality and I think work together. Because I think they both have something that the other person is needing at this moment in their lives. And for Mitch, it's kind of a support system and someone who isn't Fred, who's like tracking him down all the way across the world, trying to get him to come back. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of their dynamic and, and if they do anything together, if, if he just tries to maybe avoid her. Who I mean, knows? he says but... he was gonna do the documentary. Like, I'd like to mm -hmm. do it with you yeah. at the very end. You know, to that point, and I feel like they're showing the difference between cultures, mm. too, because she was just a little bit more open about everything, kind of like, you guys are taking things a little too far and kind of like dialing it back and kind of giving him a different perspective of like, you know, there's truth in what happened. You know, he did some bad things, obviously, mm -hmm. but She's kind of showing like, okay, there's, a, there's, you can take responsibility for it and not be damned for the rest of your life for it. Mm -hmm. And your culture seems to like to do that as evidenced by the girl who mm -hmm. came up and was like, why are you even here? He's just having gelato for God's sakes. Can he, can, does he not, isn't he allowed to eat anymore? So I like that dynamic. I hope that she brings that out and makes him understand that he's still, he's still worthy as a human being. He just has to learn lessons but right. most people don't think he's still worthy as a human being right i will piggyback on that i really enjoyed the life advice that she gave him yeah. you know like i myself as she was giving him that that speech i was like thinking to myself oh well that's just 
great advice overall for anybody that may be in a particular situation where they're feeling, you know, not so great about themselves or a situation that they may be in. I really feel that he's done the work. Whereas with Alex, I'm like, has she really done the work? She says she's done the work. She proclaims that she's done the work. She's told everybody she's done the work, Mm -hmm. but she hasn't really shown people that she's done the work. So I hope that maybe maybe Mitch might maybe one of my predictions is that Mitch really does has and shows that he's owned you know his past right? yeah agreed agreed you agree oh yay so we can all <laughs> end on agreeing you guys I just want to say one thing I need to point out mm-hmm. Kevin you look so dapper today Thank you. Well, I love this. I mean, Morgan and I were actually talking about it earlier. I, we love this ensemble, especially yeah, this. What is this? It's called a wallet holster. I love it. I wore it all through Europe. Everybody thought I was a cop. You <laughs> <laughs> guys, that is our show. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and hit that notifications button. And you can also tweet us at HCA Critics on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Critics Association. Thank you guys so much for joining us here at the Morning After Show. My name is Kira Lynn. My name is Morgan Rojas. And I am Kevin Taft. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye.